Hey, hey, this is the Michigan Maniac Podcast, and I am your host, Adam Brewer, and this is the I'm Fired Up episode. Uh, before we get into that, because it's going to be straight fire more than likely, because you know how I get when I love my Wolverines, let's get into the housekeeping, right? Housekeeping, very simple, right? We're going to get into this. IG, uh, Facebook fan page, YouTube, and Twitter, all at Michigan Maniac Podcast. You're going to have to spell out the whole thing. Traditional spelling, nothing fancy. That's the way it goes. That's where you're going to find me. Um, to get into the idea of what we're doing, uh, I'm getting more involved in Twitter. I'm loosening up. I'm always told you I've been scared of Twitter just because how fast it can cancel you. And you know how I get when I get excited. I say some cancelable shit. I'll be honest. Um, but when it comes to the season, you're going to get three episodes a week. Maybe more if I feel more fired up, but the three guaranteed will be the big game pregame, the Ask Me Anything, and the reaction episode. That will all be found on anywhere you find podcasts, and also YouTube. So you're going to want to subscribe on that YouTube channel, Michigan Maniac Podcast. I'm also going to be doing a game day stream. Now... On some of the bigger games, I may not be available because I'm going to be out getting fucking wasted. I'm going to try and not say the F word so much, but I'm going to be getting wasted with a bunch of my friends. So more than likely, you won't catch me on the Ohio State game with a game day stream on YouTube. Everyone else, Every other time, you'll find me on YouTube okay, with the stream, and we can talk to each other, do that whole thing. Very exciting. Silent Majority. I love you guys so much. You saw the rough draft of the sticker. It was getting a lot of hype. Uh, you guys have contacted me. I'm very excited to hear that you guys love it. Um, I made a few adjustments, but those will be new stickers that will be coming out. Um, let's see here. Tell a friend. This is absolutely what we need to do. You guys have been amazing so far. And keeping this show going. You guys have been awesome. Uh, that's why you're the silent majority. But you guys are phenomenal. Okay. Tell a friend. Before COVID kicked me you know where. We were close to 500 downloads every week. Every episode. We were close. I want to get to 500 and above. And that happens with you guys. Telling your friends, hopefully the ones that left because of COVID, I don't blame you. I'm not associated with any uh, major conglomerate like uh, Sports Illustrated, 24-7, Locked On, uh, any of those, right? USA Today, I'm not, or at The Athletic, I'm not attached to any of that. I'm me. That's it. That's all I got going. And I was kicking butt. Guys, um, if you guys can help me get back what I lost and above, I will definitely make it worth your while. I promise you. I promise you. Let's kill it, Silent Majority. Let's do this. Tell a friend, all right? Even your church-going friends who don't like cursing, I'll try and hold it back. But you know if we lose, it's all coming out, all right? So let's get into this, right? Um, so before we get into all the stuff that I, uh, like Joe Milton and all this, cause there's some, I, there's a video 
that my buddy Brad G. He's on Twitter. Look him up, Brad G. You'll hear a question every once in a while in the grab bag, uh, or the mail bag, I think they call it, on Locked On Wolverines. Uh, he's all over Twitter. And he found this gem of a YouTube video. Um, I'm going to talk about it later, so I'm not even going to get into it. But Brad G, look him up. Brad, thank you, sir. You have been a straight, not even silent majority. You are vocal. This dude is all over it. Love him. So anyways, let's get into the position battles. Now, I'll be honest. I'm not getting into all the positions that we have on this team because most of them have locked down. To be quite honest with you, um, for such a young team, we have a very solidified uh, starting positions, right? Quarterback, we already know, Joe Milton. Right, uh, running backs. You know it's going to be Charbonnet, Hassan Haskins, Chris Evans. Uh, a mixture of the three, but you know Charbonnet is probably going to be our starter. You know what I mean? So let's get to the positions that we actually have like battles for. Now we're looking at the second chair of, if you're into music or the orchestra, you'll know second chair is very important. We got the first chair locked down with Vincent Gray at cornerback. Right, we're, we're trying to replace both of our starting cornerbacks here. Because um, as we all know, Amory ain't coming back. It makes me sad because I... I really love this kid. I was excited to see what he was going to bring this year as a leader. But, like I said, we got to move on, right? Um, so, we got Vincent Gray on one side. Now, Jermon, I believe it is, or Jimon, or Jermaine, or Jermaine, whatever it is. I, I wish I could get the name right because he obviously is garnering respect from Don Brown. And his talent level. I know his brother's German. German uh, German Green and Jamon Green. I want to say that that's how you say it. Jamon. Um, he's so far the leader in the clubhouse. Which is very impressive. Because you've got Iman Dennis who has been clocked laser timed at like a 4-3. If Jamon Dennis who moved from wide receiver to cornerback is running a 4-3. Javon Green better be the truth because people are on, on his heel, on his heels. You got Sammy Fossen, you got DJ Turner, you got all these cats running at him. So this kid must be the truth. I hear he is a leader on the field. I'm very excited about that. So hopefully that's all I need to hear. We don't need to get into the battle. If Sammy Fossen can outdo him, good. But I need leadership in that role, right? If you're going to be taking over either Ambry's spot or Levert's spot, you need to be a leader. That's where we've been lacking all season long. And the defensive unit is leadership. So if Mr. Green is going to take that spot, I expect Mr. Green to be a leader and Mr. Green sounds like he's right out of a, a, a Quentin Tarantino movie. I can't believe I blanked on Quentin Tarantino, but I did. Uh, so, Mr. Green, I can't wait to see what this cat does. I hope he wins the spot. If he can't, then we all know. Uh, the I mean, 
in Don Brown we trust, I guess, right? That's what we're hoping for. Unless he gets blown out again by Ohio State for the third time in a row, then we've got some real questions. But until then, I'm giving love where love is due because this cat produces good defenses until we actually need it. I'll just, whatever. It's a, it's a sharp dig, but it's a dig. Okay, then defensive tackle. Now, this is interesting. I've been thinking about this. Now, if Donovan Jeter turns out to be everything that they have said Donovan Jeter's supposed to be for years on end, then I think because of how big Donovan Jeter is, I would like to see Donovan Jeter take over the spot for, um, oh my God, what's our chubby face assassin? I just, I can't believe I forgot this. Carlo Kemp, the chubby face assassin. Jeepers, creepers. I must have onset of Alzheimer's. But no, I would like if Donovan Jeter is Donovan. Yeah, Donovan Jeter. I almost said Derek Jeter. Jeepers, creepers. Um, if Donovan Jeeper is a cheater, is everything that Don Brown said he's going to be, I would like to replace him with, I would like to replace Carlo Kent with Donovan Jeter. I like Carlo Kemp. I think he's a good kid. He sounds like he's a fantastic, upstanding fella. But let's face it. Over the years, he doesn't do much. He, he doesn't. I mean, granted, we needed somebody to help him. Like, if you're if you're Mo Hurst, you don't need anybody to help you in the middle. You just don't. You're dominating in yourself. Carlo Kemp is effective when he has somebody dominant on the other side or somebody big, like Brian, Brian Monet. You see Carlo Kemp shine because Brian Monet eats up space, takes up fucking blockers, right? When we had Solomon, same thing. Solomon, uh, and to me, was the up-and-coming Mo Hurst. But he's moved on to Tennessee, and God bless him. But Carlo Kemp, on his own, is not effective. So if we need to, I'm not getting rid of Chris Hinton. Chris Hinton's not sitting on that bench, because to me... He's the he's the key. He's going to be the grave digger, if you know what I mean. Gilbert Brown of the uh, Green Bay Packers, he's going to be the grave digger. To me, he is Solomon's replacement. A five-star kid at, towards the end of the season was really starting to show you flashes of what he can be. So let's get Donovan Jeter in there. Let's replace the chubby face assassin. Thank you so much for your effort, sir. Um, you're no longer needed at the starting position. You're just not. Um, now, if Donovan Jeter can't be that guy, then hey, you held, you held on to your spot one more year, kid. Good for you. Um, but I think our defensive tackle position would be much, much stronger if we had... Uh, Hell, even Julius Welshoff, I've heard, we all have, if you listen to any type of Michigan podcast, you've heard this kid's name, or you follow Don Brown on Twitter, you, this is the dude of the day. And he's 290? 
and he's athletic. I mean, see you later, Carlo Kemp. I mean, you're from my home state of Colorado. You went to Boulder High School. I get it. I'm pulling. I used to pull for the hometown guy, but you're just not what we need right now. We need run stoppers. We need guys who can create pressure from the middle. And Carlo Kemp ain't doing it. Ain't doing it. He's just not doing it. So if we can get somebody to replace him, I'd like to see somebody replace Kemp. Leave Hinton alone. I'm sure you're going to see, I'm sure people are going to fall in love with Chris Hinton this season. Absolutely 100% going to fall in love with Hinton. So we need a Jeter. We need a Welshoff. We need uh, Mozzie Smith. We need someone to step up and take that spot away from Kemp. We just do. I he was, I know he's a captain. I know it's going to shock some people, but let's face it. Let's look at production. It's not it's not mind boggling. Um, then let's obviously get in the Viper. I don't know if this is really a, a battle. I think um, Barrett's going to win it. You know, more than likely. Uh, yeah, I don't even know why I brought it up, to be quite honest. Barrett's probably going to be the guy. So let's get off of that. Um, now, there was a question I heard on one of these podcasts. I wanna, I'll want give credit where credit is due for the good question, but it was I think it was locked on uh, Wolverines. And it was, if you can pick two players from the Harbaugh era, one on offense and one on defense, to come back and play, for this team, which which player are you picking, right? Um, to be quite honest, it's pretty easy, right? Now, one's a selfish pick and one's smart. Now we'll go with the smart, the smart pick, Mo Hurst. I know Jordan, right? Jordan Lewis, sure. Uh, Jabril Peppers, you can say, whatever. Um, I'm going straight up Mo Hurst. You put Mo Hurst and Chris Hinton together in that middle, you can have you could have me at cornerback. Or actually you could have Brandon Watson at quarterback. I mean at cornerback and still be successful. Because the push you're going to get from those two amazing tackles, it's going to be unprecedented. Two Mo Hurst in the middle with Aiden Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay on the ends? Give me a break. It's a, that's, a, that's an unstoppable force right there. And as we know, cornerbacks only have to be good for about five seconds if you have a great push. Now, after that, anybody can get burned. Anybody can get burned. But to have a real shutdown corner, they just have to be good for about five to seven seconds. That's really about it. Then your defensive line has got to do its job. So give me Mo Hurst right next. Get rid of the chubby face assassin and let Mo Hurst and Chris Hinton do damage. And I'm telling you, you will not care if it's Sammy Faustin, DJ Turner, Jamon Green, me, my mother anybody in that second spot at cornerback because there's going to be so much pressure put on that quarterback he's not going to get a good read he's just not now my purely selfish pick is going to be nico collins only because i really 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 want to see 
what Nico Collins would have done with Joe Milton. I I mean, after you I put provide the link to this YouTube video of Joe Lincoln talk Joe Milton Lincoln, what am I talking about? Joe Milton talking to his high school coach or coaches, because there's two of them in this one. Um he's phenomenal. I I love Joe Milton even more now after hearing this. But we'll talk about that later. It would be Nico Collins and Mohurst because I think with those two additions to the team, I, I, we're unstoppable, in my opinion. We're absolutely 100% unstoppable. Uh, so, yeah, I, that, I thought that was a great question, so I wanted to answer it. Um, now, a buddy of mine hit me up, one of the major... Uh, silent majority guys out there and you know who you guys are and I appreciate all the questions. One of them and now I forgot to mention this last week. So this one is he has a bunch of Buckeye fans that are his friends. I mean we all have one or two right? You can't be a Michigan fan without having a Buckeye fan. It's like being in the Dark Crystal and having the Sketskis and the whatever. I don't even know the names. The Hunchback Dudes and the weird skeleton-looking douches. They, they pair off with one another. They're connected. And that's Michigan-Ohio State. We're always going to be connected. Um, so you know what I mean. So Buckeye, Buckeye fans have noticed the absolute talent in the running back room, right? And they want to know what do we think Gaddis is going to be able to do with them. Well, he's going to be able to do everything he wants with them, right? Because in my opinion, you've got the bruiser, uh, uh, just get him eight yards of pop type guy and Charbonnet. You've got um, Haskins, who can be electric. And some, uh, he's probably going to break out more big runs than Haskins. I mean, more big runs than Charbonnet. Charbonnet's going to get you the tough stuff. Then you got Chris Evans, who does everything. And um, out of Joe Milton's mouth in this in this video, I saw uh, Corum is fast, <laughs> is fast. So we got everything, and then you got Christian Turner. I mean, I don't know where he's going to fit in. Uh, he decided to opt back in, so maybe the transfer portal wasn't so hot for this kid. But he's got blazing speed. Now, if he can get himself out of the concession stand where I placed him so securely last season, and he can actually do something like he did, uh, what, the first or second play in that bowl game against Florida, then maybe he can say something. But Mr. Fumble Hands has got to improve some stuff before he even gets mentioned because Corum matches the speed, so we'll see what he can do something else. So Turner's got a lot of work. I No, I think that's one of our strongest rooms right now. So we're going to be able to do everything. Everything a running back can do, we have a running back that specializes in it. The hard yards, Charbonnet. The the electric big 20-yard plus runs, Haskins. We got the slot guy, catch him out of the backfield. White, uh, uh, like screen type guy, Chris Evans, can still break the big one. Then you got Corum, just super speed. Uh, <laughs> you got Christian Turner. Fumbles, but has speed. You've got everything that you could possibly expect from a running back room at Michigan right now. So what we can do, it's endless. It is endless, right? Endless. There's, we do everything. 
it's and so gear up if we can get the quarterback play uh ohio state's in deep deep trouble um now let's see here so now we're going to do some breakout stars i guess um i jotted down some some real idea well some ideas of what i thought this episode should be now Obviously, we can go with the Joe Miltons. I think he's going to be an absolute breakout star, right? Um, but there's going to be some guys that are, I think, underneath the veil. You don't really know what's going on with this person. Um, I think Eric All has a real chance to to dominate this year, right? Uh, Julius Welshaw, uh, he's getting a lot of play now. Actually, Lu- Luigi Valane. I know you heard on Locked On Wolverines. I'll give him credit where credit is due. Uh, I saw just a little bit of Luigi last year. And now if he's 100% healthy, this kid's going to be dominant at the defensive end line. Which is great because we need more depth behind Hutchinson and Pay. So you give us that Luigi Valane. You somehow figure out how to get Ben Van Sumeren in there. I know he's going to be a linebacker, kind of an Uche type. Uh, to me, I know it's kind of a lazy comparison, but if Ben Van Sumeren is living up to all the expectations of everything they say he is, then he reminds me of a Brian Erlacher. Now, he's got to prove it on the field, of course, but the speed, the tenacity, always hitting, it, it rings Erlacher to me. Now, I've, there's a lot of things I've realized in my life, but there's one thing I'm 100% addicted to outside of women, and that is coach speak. I am addicted to coach speak. I, I'd rather listen to coach speak than drink a 12-pack of beer or drink a half a bottle of vodka. Like, coach speak gets me hyped. Now, it's all the same as a hangover when none of that coach speak comes true. But boy, I am sucking it down by the gallon full coming up to this season. Gaddis is killing it with coach speak. Brown is killing it with coach speak. I love it. When you hear these kids, when you hear these guys talk about these kids, and I mean, He's making wow plays when he's talking. Well, Gaddis is talking about Milton, and when you hear about Brown talking about just Julius Welshoff doing impressive things, and that you know uh, Quiddy Pay and Hutchinson are just killing it, and how smart Vincent Gray is. That's the leader of the clubhouse is Mister Green. That's what we're going to call Mister Green, right out of a Quentin Tarantino movie. Mister Green is getting the call. It gets me hype, man. I love it. I am addicted to coach speak. And I know, I know I've been guzzling it down, and that can lead to an absolute hangover. An absolute coach speak hangover, which is probably worse than any gin hangover I've ever had in my life. And there are a few stories I can tell you about bad gin hangovers, especially in Vegas. If you guys want to know that one, let me know. I'll send you a little message. Um, but... I'm addicted to that, so I can't wait to see what some of these cats do. Like, I want to see what Ross is going to do this year. A perfectly healthy Ross with Cam McGrone. Oh, my God. And if Barrett lives up to be what he's supposed to be, 
Woo, kid, we are going to have one of the best, the best linebacking cores in the Big Ten. Speed out the behind we're going to have. Like, you're not going to be able to get anything past us, son. That's how good our fucking linebacking core is going to be. I can't wait to see it. I just can't. Then you throw in Hawkins and Hill, and then you, Mr. Green, hopefully is everything they say he's going to be. And I truly believe Vincent Gray is going to shock some people this year. If you watch his game against Ohio State and Alabama, you're, you're going to be encouraged by what he did in those two games, let alone what he can accomplish now. Like, I can't wait. I, this is, I'm so hyped for the season to get started right now. It's blowing my mind. It's literally blowing my mind. So, before we do that, let's get into who I believe the captains are going to be, right? The captains are going to be, now, if I had this right, if I had this right, let's see. Because I know I made a prediction earlier um, last season, or late last season on who I believe the captains were going to be. Now, I know some of these have changed, so let's check out the predictions before I give you this year's captains. Um, my predictions for captains... <laughs> now, uh, this is kind of funny, right? Um, you know what? Let's just go into the the whole predictions that I had. So, prediction. I, mean, I don't think I should get a lot of credit for this, but DPJ, I said, was going to forego his, his senior year and go into the NFL draft. True. I said, Christian Turner, transfer portal. We got semi-true, 50%, right? I would say even 70% because he stayed, opted out for a while. I just don't think any colleges called for him. Um, I was wrong again uh, about Amory Thomas. I said he was going to stay. Um, I was going I said one four was going to enter the draft. He entered the, the transfer portal, went to Rutgers. I don't know why. Apparently he doesn't like playing football anymore. Um, sorry, I had to get a drink in there. Um, so next season's captains. Now we go with three every year for the most part. Now I, and the new captains I'm going to give, I'm going to give six, but then I'm going to give you a hard three. But the hard three I had for this one in the predictions was Joe Milton, Ruiz, and Quiddy Pay. So as we know, Ruiz... Uh, completely ignored my prediction of staying in because it was a very talented center draft this last season. And he, I completely fucked that one up. Well, you can't always be perfect, right? Um, also, I said, and I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it all the time until he decides where he's going. I also said that I predicted that uh, Dylan McCaffrey would enter the transfer portal, and he has done that. I got that one right. Um, so, right now, my prediction was Milton, Ruiz, and Quiddy Pay for predictions. Now, that's still, well, outside of Ruiz, that still could be true. But my new prediction, it kind of mirrors the same because I got it adjusted for Ruiz. But I'm going Milton, obviously. So, here are the six, and I'll give you the hard three. The hard three is going to mirror pretty much what my predictions were outside of Ruiz, obviously. So the six I have, and now I was told, or I've heard, because let's face it, I don't know, have any ends to the program, but they're going to go with more captains than they've had before. So that's why I decided to go with three. 
or I decided to go with six, double the amount, blah, whatever. Pretty obvious. So obviously Milton, um, Charbonnet, and Mayfield. I truly believe those are the three cornerstones of our offense. Now I would have thrown Nico in there, but I don't believe Nico's coming back, right? And I want to talk about uh, why I don't think so later on, but right now Nico's just not coming back. Uh, so Milton. Charbonnet and Mayfield on the defensive side. I got Pay, Hutchinson, and McGrone, um, and Hill. Right, I had Hill. I got rid of Kemp altogether. Cause let's face it, I, if you can't make the starting lineup in my head, you don't deserve to be captain. Uh so I think out of those, I'm going to go with Milton, Mayfield, and McGrone. I've switched it up a bit. Milton, Mayfield, and McGrone. Because in my head, and what I love, is I love a middle linebacker that's the chief, the captain, the man of that defense. He's the real quarterback of that defense, right? Singletary, uh, Erlacher, uh, let's see, uh, Lawrence Taylor, um, just, I mean, Ray Lewis, pick out any major linebacker. They were always the captain of that defense. That's what I think McGrone can be. That's what I expect from McGrone, and that's what I want. McGrone, Mayfield, and Milton. Milton's just going to be the guy for for the whole team, but you have to have the three, and the, that's who I'm going with. Now, um, now I talked about... Uh, Nico not coming back. And I love Nico. Well, before I even say anything, I just want everybody to know. And I mean, if you've listened to this show long enough, you have to know that I am one of the biggest Nico Collins fans ever. I've compared him to Randy Moss because I really do. Body style, speed, hands, uh, route running. He is a more muscular uh, Randy Moss, in my opinion. I will always think that. Now, I am not overly hurt that he's leaving. I'm disappointed. I would love to see him come back. I would. I would love it. Oh, for my own selfish reasons, I would love it. Because I think Milton and Collins' connection is deadly. It's absolutely deadly. But the one thing I think why I'm not, I won't push for him to come back is all connected to to Tariq Black, right? Now, he's Tariq Black. As we all know, last season, there obviously was some tension in that locker room. Obviously because Shea Patterson was garbage, right? Not a great leader. Somehow won the MVP of the team. I think that was all PR bullshit by Harbaugh. But because you have three great games and you're going to be the MVP of the team, give me a break. I know you threw for 3,000 yards, but let's face it, on Michigan, that's no great accomplishment. Michigan's never been known as a great passing team for the majority of our existence. So don't tell me just because he almost beat a passing record that somehow he's done something in life. It's not the case. He's my favorite dead horse. And I beat it constantly. Shea Patterson wasn't a leader. Tariq Black somehow was a malcontent. Because the reason why I say that is because I will provide a uh, tweet or a picture I found on Instagram from the Texas Longhorn 
uh, post where it says that Tariq Black, and now I'm paraphrasing, and you can read it when I post it, uh, Tariq Black is being held out once again for practices, and it says, for what reason? It says, pick one. Now, if this kid is a malcontent already in Texas, he hasn't even been there a full season, what do you think he was doing in the locker room all two to three years at Michigan? Do you think that poison spilled into T, uh, DPJ's ear or Nico's ear? Do you think that they left early because they just wanted to get away from the program because of the vial that was spilled into their ear by this kid? I know uh, Tariq Black, a tremendous talent, right? He's fragile as hell, but tremendous talent. And if I believe if he didn't break his feet in the back-to-back years, he might have a different outlook on this team because he was amazing the first couple games of his 2017 season, right? Um, but I think that poison spilled over into DPJ and it and it spilled over to Nico. Now, if Nico doesn't come back, I mean, we only you can only ask if you ever meet him, right? Or if he ever decides to say it. But I, I do believe this is the aftershock of Tariq Black being a malcontent in that locker room. Shay didn't help by being garbage, right? Didn't help at all. So you get one malcontent, one bad apple spoils the bunch, right? I think you're looking right at proof at there. So uh, Nico being gone, uh, I love him. A tremendous talent. He seems like a great kid. But if he's semi-upset with this program, then I'd rather have him seek uh, better pastures in the NFL because he's going to be fantastic. He's going to be an all-pro, a pro bowler, whatever you want to call it. Nico Collins is going to make big noise in the NFL, in my opinion. But if he's not happy with the Michigan football team and he's not buying into our new captain, Joe Milton, if he's not excited to come back and play, then God bless him. Good luck in future endeavors. And I I believe that he's going to be great. So see you later. Nico, I appreciate your efforts. I really do. But if you're not bought in, like Jalen Mayfield came back just to fucking block for Joe Milton. Loves, obviously, loves Michigan football, loves the university, loves the education, loves Harbaugh, all that stuff. But purposely said he came back just to block for Joe Milton. Now, if Nico can't come back to catch passes for Joe Milton, then God bless him. I hope he finds the best team possible to showcase his talents in the NFL because I really do believe he's going to be great. But that also clears out all the bad blood. And now we've got a clear nucleus of... Love and teammate appreciation. Everybody just gathering around Joe Milton and wanting to do the best for him. I mean, so getting into that, right? So might as well, I brought it up. So let's get into that Joe Milton thing. Brad G brought it to my attention that, and now I'm going to try and get the link. For some reason, though, it won't let me copy the link. So I want to try and share it to the Michigan Maniac fan page. And then I'll try and get it out from... Uh, from there. But guys, if you want to watch it, it's on the, um, what is, oh, Coach Hayes Football on YouTube. Coach Hayes Football 
on YouTube. And it's a pretty long episode. It's almost two hours. But Joe Milton comes on because this is apparently Coach Hayes and I think it's Coach Sheridan are two coaches that uh, had him in high school. So he comes on this show. Now, you're going to want to pick up the show. Fast forward it to about uh, one hour, three minutes, and 53 seconds. That's when Joe comes on. And then he ends. He gets off about one hour, 25 minutes, and 23 seconds. So about, what, 22-minute a 22 minute interview? But what he covers in this 22-minute interview is exciting. It really is exciting because um, you you get to see him actually answer questions instead of hearing what uh, the reporter gathers, right? And that's important because to me, conversation is a lot of things. It's words, it's tone, it's uh, pacing, it's a lot of things. But I want I secondhand info is not what I care for that much. If I want to see, if I'm going to put my stock into somebody, I want to see what they have to say, how they react to things, and then I'll base my assessment off of that. And when I saw Joe Milton, this guy, he oozes, like, swag, right? He oozes confidence. And he he also oozes humble. If you can ooze humble, he oozes it. Because... When you hear him, he said, listen, I'm glad I didn't start my freshman year. Actually, he goes, I'm glad I didn't even start last year or I barely played last year because I truly didn't understand defenses. I didn't understand this or I didn't understand that. I don't want to ruin the whole interview because I want you guys to go check it out for yourself so you can actually see what he has to say, right? Because the way he says things, it's it's very impressive. His confidence I mean, when he admits his own shortcomings, like I've said, it's just, it's very exciting. Um, he, then also he, he's looking to the future, right? We have all heard the quote that he wanted to go to Michigan because of the snow. Because he said most of the NFL is played in the cold and he might as well get used to it now than getting into the NFL and having to learn how to deal with it then. That is a smart kid. That is a progressive thinking kid. I love that. And if he's thinking about that, then you hear about Don Brown saying that he comes into his office and they talk about coverages. Coverages. The kid takes a leadership course. This is everything you need to know about Joe Milton. I'm getting more excited. Obviously, he's got to go out on the field and earn it, right? Because you you know, you can be uh, Tom Brady in an interview, but Shea Patterson on the field. And we all know how that works. But right now, I believe the kid is Tom Brady in an interview. And I hope he's going to be Tom Brady on the football field. Um, I just love the kid's point of view, right? His knowledge, the way he talks about it. You can tell the way he really supports and loves Gaddis, Harbaugh, and even more importantly, Ben McDaniel. That There must be some in that McDaniel family where they know how to talk to quarterbacks, how to get the best out of them, right? So you listen to Brady talk about Josh McDaniel. It's almost the same thing when you hear Milton talk about Ben. It's, it's inspiring. It's awesome. You hear that they had a little bit of tension, a little bit of bumps on the road, but now they, he said, 
and this is a direct quote. Let me find this. Um, anything he tells me to do, I know it's right. A direct quote about what Ben McDaniel tells Milton. That's a kid who's bought in all the way. That's a kid who's learning everything possibly to learn. I can't wait to see what this kid can do. Also, he said, uh, everybody who says he's slow as a runner. Now, I don't know how fast 6'5 guys run, but he said the last 40 he ran, he was clocked in at uh, 4.62. That's pretty damn fast for a quarterback, to be quite honest. He's not Lamar Jackson, and we're not asking him to be Lamar Jackson. But we know at least if he gets in a tight spot, this kid can fucking move, right? So we're excited about that. A 4.62. That's exciting in a 40. That's exciting. Now, obviously, like I said before, he's got to earn it on the field. You don't want to be a Patterson on the field and a Brady in the sheets, right? A freak, you, you just don't. You just don't want to do that, right? You you want to be a Brady everywhere. You never want to be a Patterson. Um, now, what he also said when, he, when they asked him about his offensive line, is he meshing with them? Does he have any concerns? And he, he's, he tells him, he says, listen, whatever you can't do, tell me. So this way I know what's going on, right? Whatever you guys can do. And he goes, I don't have to worry about that because they can do everything. And he also said, I'll take a hit for you just like you'll take a hit for me. What? That is, you never heard Shea Patterson say that stuff. I love this kid. His confidence just oozes all over this video. I'll take a hit just like you'll take a hit for me. You know how much an offensive lineman probably loves you to death when you say something like that? You know how much harder they're going to block for you when you say something like that? This kid is it. This kid is the foundation in which we build our championship squads from here on out. He may not get us to a national title in the two years he'll start. He may not. 2021, he may not get us there, but I I, want to guarantee this so much because after I saw this, Big Ten title, he's getting at least one. He's getting one. I'll tell you that right now. With the talent we have everywhere, he's getting one. He's getting one. I don't know if it's this year or next, but he's getting one. And he's going to build that foundation to where J.J. McCarthy reaps the benefits, and gets us the national title. I'm, t- I'm calling it right now. Milton gets us one Big Ten title and an impressive uh, at least one playoff game win, and J.J. McCarthy gets us the national title. Um, outside of that, guys, that's it. I mean, I have nothing else to talk about. I'm pretty, let, let me just double check here. I did the Tariq Black thing, um, did the projection, I did everything. So, like I said, guys, go, I will provide the link, but if I can't get the link in the bio or wherever you find this podcast, just know it is Coach Hayes Football on YouTube. It's the most recent episode, you'll see it because it's got Michigan all over it. If you don't want to listen to the whole show, uh, fast forward to our one hour, three minutes, and 53 seconds. You'll see it as soon as Joe Milton comes on, Zoom. And then it ends about one hour, 25 minutes, and 23 seconds. Fantastic interview. You'll really fall in love with him even more than what you like him now. Or if you're even on the fence, you'll love him even more. 
Now, guys, before I end this, remember, on IG, Facebook fan page, YouTube, and Twitter, it's Michigan Maniacs Podcast. Spell it out. I didn't shortcut it. Michigan Maniacs Podcast, right? Silent Majority stickers are coming out soon. Um, guys, let's get this podcast up and above 500 downloads per episode. We can do it. You guys have been phenomenal. Let's get everyone back that has left because of COVID. It's just the way it goes. I'm not upset about it. It's the way of the world. But let's do this. Let's dominate. Like I always say, guys, it is fantastic. It is great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.